think we were 28th overall in total defense last year. We want to see if we can stop the run. We want to see if we can stop the pass. We want to see how, how this affair. We know the starters won't play as much, but from the Denver Broncos' perspective, what does that look like? I think that's that match of the Broncos' offense versus the Vikings' defense. Definitely, it's about this quarterback competition. Drew Locke is going to get the start. Um, not sure exactly how long he's going to play. If it were me, I'd play him maybe like uh, four or five series, maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, see how he how he can do in a, in a live rep situation in, in, in a preseason game. Then Teddy Bridgewater will take over. I think he'll get almost the exact same amount of time. All right, welcome to another edition of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. My name is Gabe Henderson alongside Chris Corso, and welcome to... I guess the training camp recap show of Vikings Vantage, what a week it has been. The Denver Broncos were in town. So many players made plays, so many opportunities to see these players live. Corso, I said football was actually back because we were actually playing against another team. The offensive line got a look. We were able to see the run game. So much to take away uh, from Vikings camp 2021 this year. But coming up on the show today, we hear from Broncos reporter Phil Milani. He's going to talk all things Vikings and everything you need to know from a Vikings versus, well, from a Broncos perspective, uh, heading into Saturday's 3 p.m. matchup against the Denver Broncos at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, of course, uh, before we get to that, though, I, I, you, you've pretty much seen every single highlight we've posted. I know you're back at home in New York, but you, you've been locked in to, to everything that's been going on, and you've, you've probably read every article. So. From, from what you've heard, what you've seen, have you had any guys, have you had any takeaways that, that have stood out to you just going into preseason game number one tomorrow? Yeah, Gabe, I think the number one storyline I've been tracking throughout Vikings training camp was the wide receiver three battle. I think it's one of the yeah. biggest parts of this Vikings offense. I think it's one that hasn't been kind of taken for grabs the past couple of years. There's been players who have kind of found their way for a couple games here and there, like a Chad Beebe or an Ola B.C. Johnson yeah. or, you know, the the veteran that we sign every year to fill that spot. But uh, I was looking for somebody to really take grab of that during training camp. And I think there's two guys that have really made their bids to be a part of the Vikings offense heading into the new season. And it's been two, uh, it's been one rookie and then one second-year player. And Amir Smith-Marset, who we had on this show a few weeks ago, I think Mike Zimmer made a joke that, that he's been talking a little too much around the Vikings yeah. facility. We know he's a personality if you heard him on the show a few weeks back, but he makes big plays, and it kind of reminds me a little bit, and don't I'm not, I'm not saying he's going to be. Oh, don't do I'm it. I'm not don't saying he's going to be Stephon Diggs, but Stephon Diggs was a fifth-round draft pick for the Vikings uh, when I started back in 2015. So Amir Smith-Marset, a six-round pick, a kind of player who, you know, fell on the draft boards a little bit, but played at a big school in the University of Iowa and knows how to make big plays and, and has shown kind of speed and the ability to separate himself out on the field. And uh, I believe it was yesterday against the Broncos when he had a big-time touchdown on a slant route uh, from Jake Browning with the second group. And uh, he did a little touchdown dance and, and had the team gather around him, but I think that confidence is kind of what re reminds me of Stefan Diggs a little bit. And I don't want to make that comparison. I'm not saying oh, he's going to be Diggs. But I really believe that this guy has some confidence that, that can translate onto the field in his first season. The other player that I want to touch on, and, and I believe if you've seen the Vikings platforms on social media, you've seen a lot of highlights of K.J. Osborne. And 
he's a player that, unlike Amir Smith-Marset, he has some raw physical tools like his strength and obviously his height that, that really separate him from the other wide receivers on this roster battling for that wide receiver three spot. So he's made a ton of plays, and you've seen Kirk Cousins trust him throughout Vikings training camp. So I think Amir Smith-Marset and K.J. Osborne are the two players I want to see do it in preseason games. I think the last word, one of the last words you said there was trust. If Kirk can trust you, that that's everything you need to know because he'll he'll put the ball in tight windows for you to go make a play. He'll give you an opportunity to make a play and make a name for yourself, similar to uh, Stephon Diggs when Stephon Diggs got here got here uh, back in 2015. But we still got a guy named Justin Jefferson. But speaking of Justin Jefferson, I think him being hurt was the best thing that could have happened to this wide receiver room. Um, we probably wouldn't have heard of some of these other names stepping up or making plays if Justin Jefferson was taking all of the reps with the ones or taking all the reps with some of the twos also. So the fact that Amir Smith-Marset got some reps, K.J. Osborne got a lot of reps with the ones, we were able to see those guys against some stiff competition. We've seen uh, plenty of reps with K.J. Osborne and uh, Patrick Sertan or Kendall Fuller in one-on-ones, and those were some of the reps that you wanted to see. He didn't win all those reps, but he at least – got to be able to get some some of that action against a, another team, another team he hasn't game planned for, another look, another body, another frame and that's all you can ask for to that's all you can ask for 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 first year or a second year wide receiver in this case in KJ Osborne to just see how he fares in year number 2 against some quality uh, quality quality talent but the guy who probably stands out to me the most has to be Michael Pierce. Of course he's been limited at the early half of training camp this year even though he's you know, did individual drills. Ha- seeing him this week participate in the one-on-ones and team drills was the best thing that could have happened to this to this Minnesota Vikings defense. I mean, the dude is an absolute monster. Like, his get-off off the ball is, is second to none. Like, he, he plays physical. He plays strong. He, he's just a, a force to be reckoned with. And matching him up with a guy like Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle, there's not going to be many teams running on us this year. Like, I can I – can, confidently say that and dude, there I mean there were so many highlights of him tipping passes or a swim move to get to the quarterback or just literally just manhandling his opponent just driving him back into the quarterback like you that's all you want from him like of course he was on the roster last year he opted out because of COVID-19 issues but dude having him this year is so beneficial for our defense He he's going to be a guy we're going to be talking about it at the end of the season like man like he 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 was a, a key he was an integral part of this defense like he was the reason why we were in Mackenzie Alexander's words a top two defense if 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 he can play this year the way he practiced this week we're going to be a really really good defense our, our offense I'm not too concerned about that right now outside of the left tackle position but our defense man we we look scary and big thanks and a lot of credit is due to a guy in Michael Pierce. Um, I'm excited how to see how that's going to transfer on Saturday. Not sure how many reps he's going to get uh, in preseason game number one. Moving back to the offensive side of the ball, K.J. Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, those guys are going to get some quality reps on Saturday. Gabe, I just want to build on that Pierce a little bit. I mean, a 340-pound nose tackle showing the ability to rush the passer uh, throughout Vikings training camp, especially in the joint practices I think you've heard it from a lot of the Vikings veterans that are, that are on the team. When Eric Kendricks 
uh, spoke at his press conference. He's like, man, uh, I'm going to like my job this year playing behind these two guys, him and Dalvin Tomlinson. It just frees up everything for the Vikings linebackers. And I think when this Vikings defense has been at its best, it's been when Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr are healthy and can play out in space. And we all know that starts right in the middle. Used to be Linval Joseph. Now it's going to be Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson. Think about what that does to Daniil Hunter also. Like, that frees him up for one-on-one matchups. Anytime you can get Daniil Hunter in a one-on-one matchup, that's all you can ask for as a defensive coordinator. Like, I'm taking my chances on on Daniil against whoever you line up at right tackle. And then our left tackle, that just opens up opportunities for whoever that's going to be to to get a coverage sack or to get uh, just a pressure sack from a quarterback just getting out of the pocket. So, dude, this this defense is special. I mean, even Daniil Hunter said we can be as good as we want to be. And uh, him saying that with a smile on his face afterwards, that, that, that pretty much tells you everything you need to know about this this, this defense coming up and the, and the confidence they have going into this season. I don't expect to see much Saturday as far as like uh, two or three sacks, but once things get rolling, maybe preseason game number two against the Colts, that's when Vikings fans can start looking their chops of, of seeing what this defense can be. I mean, not to mention the secondary we have. The, you already talked about the linebackers. Like, I mean, a, a good defense in the NFL today gives up about 14 to 21 points. I think we can stay within that range and just put it on Kirk to say, hey, all we need is 24, 27 points. Just get us get us a couple of touchdowns, get us a few field goals, and, and we can we can stop this, this 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 opposing team's offense and and put up some healthy, healthy numbers for you to get the ball back. So but building on that, I'm excited to talk to Broncos reporter Phil Milani because he provides another perspective. Of course we know this Broncos team wasn't the best defensive team last year when you lose a guy, Von Miller, for the season, but they still have a lot of guys on that defense that can give this Minnesota Vikings offense uh, some problems or at least just a good look. So Saturday's going to be a lot of fun, but before we get there, Broncos team reporter Phil Milani joins the show. All right, now joining the show is Broncos team reporter Phil Milani. Phil, thank you for joining me. Um, these joint practices were amazing to have another team here at the TCO Performance Center and just being able to goof around but also getting some good work. You can't ask for anything better than that, right? Yeah, first of all, Gabe, hey, thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. It's fun being at another team's facility, especially this facility. I mean, this place is amazing. And, uh, yeah, talking about the practices, uh, really good work. I think that uh, when you're at this point in camp, you're just excited to see a different color jersey on the other side of mm-hmm. you. And uh, I think that uh, the Broncos were really looking forward to this. Uh, from our perspective, we got this quarterback competition going on right now. And uh, everybody's saying, okay, is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater? Is it going to be Drew Locke? It's hard to tell when you're going up against your own team. Yeah. So the fact that they were able to get some work against a different team, I think that that was really good for, uh, especially for the Broncos with this quarterback competition. Yeah, I think the same for us because we have a quarterback competition, right? You got Bashar Breeland. I think P two is solidified. Patrick Peters is solidified one corner, but you got a Bashar Breeland and Cameron Dantzler, two guys that have made a lot of plays for this. Well, put it this way: Cameron Dantzler has made a lot of plays for this Minnesota Vikings team last year, and Bashar Breeland. We bring him in off a of free agency. So to see what a Drew Locke and a, a Teddy Bridgewater can do versus our defense, vice versa, it's been good to see. But I think that the one guy that has stood out the most, and it's probably not good for Vikings fans to hear this, 
but Jerry Judy has been the best player on the field literally both days of joint practices. He's been like that all throughout camp. I mean, last year his issue was drops. He had some concentration problems. Uh, he was a 15th overall pick, so there was mm-hmm. some pressure on him coming in to like be this amazing guy out of Alabama. And his route running is what sets him apart. Yep. But last year he had the this struggles with drops. This year, all offseason, he's been focusing on working on catching the ball, concentration type of things, and he's got this newfound focus. Yeah. And uh, all, all training camp long, our secondary was like, this guy is killing it. You know, like he, <laughs> we're excited to see what, what can happen. And, you know, I think for Jerry personally, coming here to Minnesota last year, I mean, Justin Jefferson yep. was the rookie wide receiver. He, he killed it. And I think that maybe Jerry, you know, put, tries to get some motivation out of that, comes to Minnesota, and really tries to uh, put on a show. Yeah, um, people are very familiar with Justin Jefferson here, and even though he didn't get a chance to participate in joint practices, probably won't play on Saturday either. But the fact that we were able to see another guy in his class be able to perform, it, it shows that the 2020 draft class for receivers was probably one of the best in NFL history, right? Oh, man, it was amazing. And uh, you know what's interesting is that the Broncos' new GM, George Payton, comes to uh, Denver. He says that uh, with his son, he's got two kids, his son, he was like, upset to leave Justin Jefferson. Yeah. You know, he was like, Justin Jefferson's my favorite player. I can't believe we're moving to Denver. And then uh, George said that uh, he told him, he's like, hey, Jerry Judy's pretty good too. So like, uh, let's hop on that bandwagon. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of George Payton, of course, you guys stole him from us. You stole <laughs> Kelly Klein from us yep. also. They're, they are very well respected here in the Minnesota community. Are there any changes or any, put it this way, are there any things that they have made a mark on anything since they've gotten here for you that you can say like, Hey, like, man, he, he really wants to do this with this Broncos. Uh, he really wants to do this with this Denver Broncos team. Uh, that's really interesting because for the previous 10 years, we had John Elway as our, our general <laughs> yeah. manager. And, you know, John is like uh, sort of like a godlike figure in yeah. Denver, you know, and he's just like the man. So like, uh, you know, the big thing that John Elway did was bring in Peyton Manning. They went to two Super Bowls. They won one of them. Uh, everything was going really well. But then the last five years, Broncos have not made the playoffs. Um, they've had four consecutive losing seasons, which has pretty much never happened in franchise yeah. history. So the, the um, I think this was like a good time to maybe like try and bring in some new perspectives, a, a new approach, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit. John is still in the building and everything, and he helps George, uh, you know, do different things just because he's been a GM for so long. Right. But George coming in, a, a new, fresh set of eyes, a new approach to things. And I'll say the one thing that maybe has changed a little bit in the building is that he's all about inclusiveness like he brings in everybody um from my perspective like he's been really open like he is, does a lot of interviews he does a lot of chats like he's he just is an open book and uh that's been a little bit refreshing and uh he's really like family oriented i guess nice. is what i would yep. say and like uh he makes every employee even me like feel like a part of it yeah, and I feel like that's the the Minnesota community in a nutshell. Like we're all very inclusive. All want to make sure everybody here feels like family. I feel like when you come to the state of Minnesota, a lot of people here take pride in their state. So when they have visitors come, it's like, hey, welcome. I got this place to show you. You should go here. You can, you should go there. So it makes sense that George is kind of taking that that mentality to Denver, which is I think Denver Broncos fans are going to love, even though Minnesota Vikings fans 
are still kind of sappy that that he's gone. But it, it is what it is at this point. We got preseason game number one here coming up on Saturday. What are you expecting? What should fans expect? What do you think this team, or the Denver Broncos, are going to get out of this? Because for a Minnesota Vikings team, we want to see how our defense is going to fare. For last year, being that I think we were in the bottom half, well, I think we were 28th overall in total defense last year. We want to see if we can stop the run. We want to see if we can stop the pass. We want to see how, how this affair. We know the starters won't play as much, but from the Denver Broncos' perspective, what does that look like? I think that's that match of the Broncos' offense versus the Vikings' defense. Definitely, it's about this quarterback competition. Drew Locke is going to get the start. Um, not sure exactly how long he's going to play. If it were me, I'd play him maybe like uh, – four or five series, maybe yeah. something like that. Uh, see how he how he can do in a, in a live rep situation in, mm-hmm. in, in a preseason game. Then Teddy Bridgewater will take over. I think he'll get almost the exact same amount of time. And then our, our third string guy, Brett Rippon, he'll probably finish up the game. Okay. Definitely just want to see uh, how those two operate. Uh, you know, Can they get to the line of scrimmage, get everything set, execute what's being called? For Drew, last year, interceptions were a big problem. So I think that from the Broncos' perspective, they're like, okay, can he make the smart play? Can he go out there, execute the offense, take what the defense is giving him, and just execute? Because he has this gunslinger mentality. So for the Broncos' perspective, they're like, man, if this guy could just sort of avoid the big mistake, he's got a really high ceiling, and the future could be bright at the quarterback position. On the other side of it, Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran coming in. Yep. Uh, we know that he's smart. He knows where he wants to go with the ball before the snap. I think that uh, if he could go out there and show, hey, it's only been a few weeks, but I know the offense. I know what I'm doing out here. And from the Broncos' perspective, they feel like their defense could be like a top three unit in the NFL. So they're thinking, okay, if the defensive side is how we're going to win games, if the offensive side can just do enough, not turn the ball over – that'll be the recipe for success. So that's really what everybody wants to see. So far through camp, to me, it seems like Teddy Bridgewater might be just a step ahead. Coaches aren't saying that, though. They're saying, hey, this thing is neck and neck. we got to see what happens in the preseason. So this is going to be the first time that fans will get to see for themselves, okay, where are we in this quarterback competition? I think fans in particular, well, Minnesota fans love Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. So seeing him back at practice these past two days, th- that has been fun to see. So seeing him back at U.S. Bank Stadium, I'm sure the, the crowd will erupt when he comes onto the field. But that's an interesting quarterback battle. I think it's going to be interesting on our part also just seeing how we fare against that quarterback battle because this, there's not going to be a lot of game planning, right? You're, you're, this isn't a regular season game. But when there's two different quarterbacks in the game, you, you want to see how your defense fares against – two stylistically different quarterbacks. So how the how that fares out, we will see. But at the same time, speaking of your defense, ninth overall in sacks last year, uh, second in passing touchdown, pass, pass defense last year. Of course, overall wasn't the, the year that you wanted, but you got two edge rushers that are elite. Yeah, Von Miller missed all last season. So Broncos fans are really excited to see how that combination of Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller work here yeah. in Denver under Vic Fangio. They they haven't had that under Vic just yet. So, you know, when Vic Fangio was hired as a Broncos head coach, there was all this talk about what he was able to do with Khalil Mack in Chicago. Then they wanted to see how this was going to work with, with uh, Vaughn and Bradley in Denver. The first year, Bradley gets hurt. Last year, 
Vaughn gets hurt. So now it's finally feeling like, okay, we're going to have that one-two punch up front. And then back in the secondary, George Payton came in and really revamped the whole secondary. They brought in Kyle Fuller from Chicago in free agency, Ronald Darby from Washington they brought in. And so uh, they feel like uh, they're going to have some veteran presence there. Mm -hmm. They drafted with the ninth overall pick. Pat Sertan Jr. Uh, out of Alabama. Yeah. So they feel like they've got a really strong unit. They re-signed uh, Justin Simmons, who's one of the better safeties in, in all the NFL. So they really feel like they got that pass rush up front. They got the secondary in the in the back there. And that's how they won Super Bowl 50. They had the no-fly zone back there. They had Vaughn and DeMarcus Ware then. They feel like maybe if they could recreate some of that magic, maybe this defensive unit's going to be really good. That's funny you say that, just having that defensive mindset. And, you know, Gary Kubek, he had the offensive mindset, but he was the the Broncos head coach when they won their last Super Bowl. We brought him here. Clint Kubiak is here. So there's a lot of coaches and staff that know each other here. So it'll it'll be fun to see. And I feel like that's that's why the joint practice made so much sense because of the familiarity between the staff. Totally. I mean, we love Gary Kubiak in Denver. I mean, <laughs> this guy is a beloved figure. Uh, I just saw uh, Coach Kubiak in Canton this last weekend yeah. where the Broncos had three players uh, get inducted into the Hall of Fame and uh, got a chance to catch up with him, and uh, he is beloved. Yeah. And I know that uh, you know his son taking over here, but there's so much familiarity with the entire offensive staff. I yeah. mean, uh, Phil Rauscher, the offensive line yeah. coach, he was an assistant. Uh, Periani, the tight ends coach, was in Denver. So there's, there is a lot of familiarity. For sure. And just speaking of familiarity, you don't have much familiarity with the food scene here. Have you have you been able to get out at all? Or? Okay. Uh, we came out a couple years ago for the Broncos game. Uh, it was like maybe November, so it was cold. We went and got Juicy Lucy. Uh, I think that's that's what everybody was like, <laughs> yeah. okay, you got to get this burger. We went to a place called Matt's, I think. Oh, yeah. So uh, I know there's some debate as to where the Juicy Lucy started. Mm-hmm. Well, we went to Matt's. It was pretty good. But uh, around here, uh, I, I've got a couple of recommendations from uh, Kelly Klein yep. talking oh, yeah, about yeah. it. Uh, I bumped into her in the hallway the other day. I was like, where should we go? You know, <laughs> what's around the facility? Where can we head out to? So uh, we got to check it out. The w- interesting thing is that you, you guys practice uh, late in the afternoon. Yep. We practice early in the morning. So it's like kind of like a, a, a little bit of a shift here. So we've been working pretty late. But uh, I think, one of the, I think t- tonight or tomorrow, We'll try and get out. Yeah, for sure. There, there's a few spots I'll tell you off camera. I'm still, I'm not a Minnesota native, so I don't feel like I'm, I'm <laughs> welcome enough, or if I've been here long enough to like give you recommendations on air. But I'll give you some off air that that okay. have been pretty good for me. A lot of Minnesota people, well, Minnesota people love their food, they love their beer, and they love yeah. their Vikings. Oh, totally. so you're you're in Vikings territory, man. Thank you for joining me today. This was this was amazing. This was fun to actually have you here. Have you? talk about this matchup and and go from there. Any final thoughts? Thanks for having me in studio. This was awesome. Uh, Like you mentioned, Minnesotans so welcoming. Uh, Everywhere we've gone, really welcoming, really uh, friendly staff, everybody we've bumped into. So this has been really great. And I'm looking forward to the game. Uh, U.S. Bank Stadium uh, has to be one of the top three stadiums in the entire NFL. It's so loud in there. The skull chant. Oh. I mean, I've been looking forward to this trip for a long time, and uh, it's lived up to the expectations. Absolutely. Well, Vikings fans, make it miserable for Phil Milani this upcoming <laughs> Saturday. 3 p.m., Vikings versus Denver Broncos, U.S. Bank Stadium. Looking forward to seeing all the Purple Faithful there. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. Always great talking to Phil Milani, Broncos team reporter. He knows his stuff. He's been with the Broncos for nine years. I'm sure he's happy to have George Payton on. 
um, a guy who just gets it. That I think that was the, the the basis of that conversation when talking about George Payton. Like he he understands the business, he understands the family impact, he understands relationships, and I think that's going to fare well in, in the Denver Broncos community. But my takeaways from that interview was just the look that the Minnesota Vikings are going to get this week. Of course, we haven't been tackling all year long, rightfully so. But now, how how does a, a Michael Pierce or a Dalvin Tomlinson, how do they finish uh, a pass rush? Like, do they actually get to the quarterback? Do they actually sack him? Um, how does a Cameron Dantzler fare against a, a Jerry Judy, who has been the best player at Lando Lakesfield all well, the past two days? Um, a lot to take away. Um, I'm just excited for Saturday at this point. I, I think it's a great matchup. I love the connections all around the, the organizations from the front office to Teddy Bridgewater being back in Minnesota. There's just so many connections, and it, it's such a great thing for both teams to get together, uh, have that couple extra practices against an opponent that's not wearing the same colors as you. I, I oh think my gosh. all of our players were so excited for that. You could even just see it in the reps especially the one-on-ones between the cornerbacks and the wide receivers, and then obviously the defensive line being able to really get after it. And that's where Michael Pierce has really been able to shine. But, I mean, I'm just looking forward to that first drive with the Vikings offense. I know it's normally one drive that the starters will get out there and you get to see them at least put together a couple plays. And uh, we probably won't see Justin Jefferson out on the field, but uh, we will see a, a good amount of Vikings starters on the offense and those second tier guys that we were talking about, like those wide receiver threes and and things along those lines. But I also want to see some defensive linemen dominate because Drew Locke is not your, you know, upper tier quarterback in the NFL. So why not bring back, you know, that, that intense defensive line that we've had at us bank stadium with the fans just in the building. I want to see that. And I want to see some guys get after the quarterback. Do because they they have a lot of question marks at quarterback. They don't know who's going to start. Even if Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback, I'm not sure if he's the quarterback of the future. So there's a lot of question marks they have to answer also. So why not take advantage of that, right? I mean, our our defensive line, our secondary, like let's 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 build on this moment. This is I would say a confidence building game, but it is a confidence building game in a, in a in a sense because there's no winner or loser. Um, all you're trying to do is just get better. I mean, at the end of the game, nobody's going to remember the score. Nobody's going to remember who won or lost the game. It's all about who who got better today, who stood out this game. And if you can do that, I'm just thinking of a Patrick Jones II or Janarius Robinson, a guy we haven't talked about a lot. Like maybe one of those guys just have a, have a really big game. But I, I want to talk about Patrick Peterson. Um, he's a guy this week that nobody has talked about at all. Like he, he put together a solid week. I think – a lot of question marks were, were surrounding him versus playing a guy like Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. Like, he, he did work this week. Of course, he didn't get the reps that a lot of people expected him to get, but the reps that he got, they were they were quality reps. And I think for Vikings fans who probably have been, you know, yearning for some Patrick Peterson news this past, past week or past couple of days or so, like, P2 put together a, a solid two days against some quality, some quality wide receivers. So, I'm not sure if he'll play a lot tomorrow, but it'll be interesting to see uh, how he fares in, in real game and a real game situation in the Pro Bowl because, I mean, unlike Michael Pierce and Dalvin Thompson, we still haven't seen Patrick Peterson in the Pro Bowl in, in a real live situation. So him on top of uh, some of these rookies that are going to get some quality reps, interested to see how that's going to shake out. 
I really enjoyed watching Patrick Peterson uh, give a little teaching lesson to Chris Boyd during the Vikings voyage <laughs> episode, just seeing the way he coaches on and off the field. That'll be something else for Vikings fans to track because he's technically an extension of Mike Zimmer out on the field, very similar to the Terrence Newman days uh, earlier on in uh, Mike Zim- Zimmer's tenure here. So, uh, yeah, look for Patrick Peterson to not only be out there on the field, but be coaching up and down the sidelines with a lot of these young cornerbacks. Final thoughts, Corso. Final thoughts. I'm just ready to see some football again, ready to see a skull chant at U.S. Bank Stadium, and uh, super excited that we just see some pads and, and see some football. So uh, looking forward to those battles that we were talking about earlier on in the show. And, yeah, let's see who kind of steps up here. There's a lot of players and a lot of depth on this roster, probably the most depth that I can remember in recent years, especially last year with all the injuries that, that happened early on in the season. So there's depth on the defensive line. There's depth at the cornerback position, depth at the wide receiver position. Those are three uh, spots that I'll really be tracking in this game. And you cannot forget about watching that offensive line and seeing how they fare. We don't know if Christian Darisol is going to be out there, the Vikings first round draft pick, but there are a lot of players that we want to see really take that next step this year. So uh, those are kind of some of the uh, some of the storylines I'll be tracking in preseason week one. Yeah, for sure. I think that left tackle position is t- right now the biggest question mark over any other position on this Minnesota Vikings team. How does Rashad Hill fare? If he doesn't fare well, who's going to back him up if Darisaw isn't isn't back by week one? Um, it'll be interesting to see if he will be here tomorrow. Um, we all want – Christian Darius to have a speedy recovery. I mean, he was a, he was a first round draft pick for a reason this past year. Well, this past April. So, how does everything fare out? How how do how are we going to protect Kirk Cousins? Um, on top of that, how are we going to protect our home stadium? I know this game doesn't count, but of course there are going to be a lot of Minnesota Vikings fans there expecting a win, even though the game doesn't count. So, I I just want people to be happy. I just want people to be excited. I'm sure fans would be rowdy tomorrow at 3 p.m. So. Seeing everything come together to this point, it's been a long journey. I mean, just think back to to May 15th or April 29th when the draft started. April 29th until August 14th tomorrow when the first preseason game is here. It's going to be exciting to see how everything came together. I I mean, this whole season is going to be a process. The process will continue, but the process to this point. I'm looking forward to seeing how it how it fares to this point and like you said, all this depth on this roster. Mike Zimmer even said it also. If we can stay healthy, like we're going to be a good team. We, we've always been a good team when we were healthy. And now that they have depth, I mean, you talked about it. Sheldon Richardson as a backup, like that, that's saying a lot right there. So having that depth and, and making the most of that opportunity, I'm looking forward to seeing how that's going to play itself out. But Corso, always great talking to you, man. As always, every week we're doing this going forward. Vikings Vantage. Every week we're doing this. Every Friday we're doing this going forward. This is going to be a lot of fun, a lot of storylines, a lot of talking points, a lot of things to to discuss and just laugh about and, and joke about and just talk about. So looking forward to it, Corso. Um, Vikings fans, make sure you stay tuned to the most up-to-date coverage of the team. Go to Vikings.com or follow, or follow the Vikings on social media. In the meantime, if we don't see you on Saturday, we will see you next Friday right here on Vikings Vantage. So in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, skull.